Thanks to Lumen5 for supporting the Productivity Show. Lumen5 is a video creation website that allows people to create short-form, shareable videos in a matter of minutes. Go to lumen5.com forward slash TPS to get 50% off your first month. We'd also like to thank Gusto for supporting the Productivity Show. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll-to-benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PCMag. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com forward slash TPS. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. In this episode, Tan is joined by Alan P. Brown, author of Zen and the Art of Productivity and host of CrusherTV.com. Tan and Alan talk about ADHD, productivity, and tactics and strategies that work. I hope you enjoy today's episode. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 260. And now on with the show. I'm excited to have Alan here on the show today. Alan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great and I'm delighted to be here with you today. Thank you for being on today. And as always, we like to start our episode with our top three favorite productivity resources. And as the special guest today, I'm going to give it over to you, Alan. What are some of your favorite resources that you want to share with everybody here? Well, I'll give you a couple. First is a little app called Text Expander. You may have heard of it, but this thing has probably saved me, I don't know, an hour or two every week for the last how many years I've been using it, but essentially becomes part of your computer. And whenever you type a certain a series of letters, it will expand into a pre-written bunch of text that you have already assigned to that. So if you have an email that you type a lot, very similar or the same, I use it for, for instance, whenever I am typing one of my company names, it has the little TM in it, Crusher TV or ADD Crusher. I just hit semicolon and then two letters and the thing comes out with the TM, et cetera. So that thing is amazing. The other thing that I, yeah, I want to share, because you mentioned we could share a book, and I just happened to have just finished this book. It's called Succeed, and it's written by Heidi Grant Halbertson, PhD. And what she's doing here is she is summarizing all kinds of research about various ways to succeed, form habits, decimate worry and rumination. And I'm, I'm all about evidence-based stuff, as, as I know AE is. And so this is an absolute goldmine of great, actionable stuff. So I'm glad you asked. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And we'll have everything here in the show notes for everybody so you can go and check it out. So Alan, for those who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Sure. I'm a former advertising executive and I, was, uh, I am an ADD. I know we're, we're going to be talking about that, obviously. But I was diagnosed later in life and uh, actually at the age of 36. And before that, I was a very average slash underachieving student. It took me 10 years to get a four-year degree. Turns out I was doing a little bit of actually a lot of self-medicating in my 20s. And uh, even after getting myself cleaned up and finally getting that degree, 
I uh, got a job in the advertising business and floundered for quite a while until I finally got this ADHD sorted out. But after I got out of the ad business and did one startup uh, successfully, I, I decided to create a, a, a new company called ADD Crusher, where I sell videos that help adults and teens with ADHD to cope with their ADHD and, and live to their potential. This is a highly requested topic, and this is actually how you and I got connected because one of the things that we do at Aging Efficiency, we look at customer feedback all the time. This is something we do on a weekly basis. And I just started to notice that over the last 18 months, this topic of dealing with ADHD was something that just came up over and over and over again. And I told my executive assistant, Kelly, hey, Kelly, you know, this is something that our audience wants to talk about. It's something that we're not qualified to talk about because none of us on the team deal with this. And so can you find somebody who's an expert on this? And so that's how you and I got connected. And I'm really excited to talk about this today because I know so many listeners are dealing with this or so many people are coping with this without them even knowing that they're diagnosed with this. So I would love to hear from you. How do you know if you suffer or deal, quote unquote, with ADHD? Well, I'll, I'll first say what maybe a lot of folks out there, especially people that are attracted to this podcast, who are always seeking greater productivity and getting to the next level, they might be saying, you know, everybody's a little bit ADHD. I'm a little ADD all the time, too. But there is a distinction. And the main distinction is that despite your best efforts, you are not achieving at your potential on a consistent basis. And it, as a result, has significant life quality detriment. So we could get into the nuts and bolts of that. But I also want to say, and you make a great point, that a lot of people are kind of don't realize their ADHD. I did a TEDx talk on this very topic in which I, I talked about the fact that four to five percent of all adults, not just in the US and developed countries, but worldwide, are ADHD. But sadly, 85% of them don't realize it. And that can result in a lot of you know, difficult, frustrating situations and uh, career issues, relationship issues. And as I mentioned in my past, some self-medication issues and, and just getting a later start in, in actually being successful in what I do. So I'm also grateful that you're having me on to talk about this because I am also an advocate for that, what I call the 85% of the folks that are out there who may suspect it or just really have no idea, but can't figure out why they can't get this done. They can't get that done. They're not moving at the same pace as their colleagues, et cetera. So how did you find out that you had this? Well, a lot of adults, and I am an ADHD and productivity coach, so I talk to a lot of teens and adults with ADHD, of course. And a lot of adults get diagnosed because their child got diagnosed. And they're hearing from the doctor all the criteria. And they're thinking, wow, this was actually me when I was younger, and it kind of still is. And we can get into what those exact kind of some of those criteria are, which is important to get into. But in a similar way, I was working at a big ad agency early in my career. And uh, my boss was diagnosed with ADHD, because his son was diagnosed. So he's telling me about this. And I'm going, wow, that's me. That was me in high school. That was me with difficulty in college. Once, you know, that, that, that uh, huge workload increased in college where I was able to skate by in high school, no more, you know, I, I just hit a wall. And so I went and, and finally got a diagnosis. And unfortunately, it was 
later in life than I would have liked it to be. But at the same time, I was delighted when I got that diagnosis because I, I, I now I knew what was going on in my brain, how my brain was different, and how to work to make it go at its potential. I know what's going through everybody's mind right now, including myself, and that is the question, how do I know if I have ADHD? What are some of the things to look out for? Well, a lot of the experts talk about executive function. And executive functions are housed up here in the frontal cortex. I'm pointing to my head, my forehead here. And these functions are things like motivation, planning, prioritization, not being impetuous or uh, impulsive, being able to kind of control your, your desires or your, your, and of course, your attention, being able to focus your attention on something for an extended period of time. These are all considered executive functions. And again, everybody kind of may feel this way. I've, you know, gee, I have so many priorities, I can't sort them out. Or I've been procrastinating on this thing and I just can't seem to get it finished. And yes, everybody does experience that. But when you are experiencing this to a degree where you just kind of know, man, the people around me are not suffering like I am, or at least most of them. And that certainly was the case for me. I was, I was kind of you know, working long hours, working Saturdays at the ad agencies early in my career. And everybody else seemed to be just kind of, I was like the old lady in the in the in the right lane with her with her turn signals you know stuck on blinking and blinking and everybody else is passing me in the left lane so that's when i kind of really knew something something was off so if you feel like your life outcomes are not where they could be and it's a and, and, and you can tie it a little bit to not being able to prioritize not being able to bring things to a completion and other planning issues etc you should probably go get it checked out so when people think about ADHD, at least when I think about it, I think about a person who has trouble focusing. I think about a person who gets easily distracted. And I, I loathe the fact that some people will tell other people, well, I'm just ADD. You know, this is just who I am. And they give themselves a label without actually having been diagnosed. And just giving yourself that label, I think is so dangerous when you don't actually know if it's true or not. But that's a completely different conversation. But yeah, like I said, what, when I think about people who deal with this, they can't focus, they get easily distracted, they can't like focus for long periods of time, which oftentimes you know holds them back from really finishing stuff. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you actually... if if this, if this is resonating with people that are listening right now, what are some of the things that they should be doing or thinking about? Well, at first, I want to I want to pick up on you know the fact that our audience is you know the vast majority are people that are professionals and they want to achieve and they are always looking obviously for ways to achieve more, be more productive, et cetera. And I just want to reiterate that eighty five percent statistic. So if you even suspect that you might be ADHD please do yourself a favor and go, there's a self-test and we'll provide the link in the notes. I'm sure a 10 will do that and, and go do that. And we can talk more later about, you know, what if I end up with a really crazy through the roof score and what if I don't, I'll, I can share some things. But the first thing, and back to the question of, you know, what can we do about this? The first thing we have to all acknowledge is that we really do live in an ADHD world, right? I mean, the amount of information data that's coming at us every day is 200 times more than it was just 30 years ago. That's, that's a fact. And you ask, do I need 200 times more data 
to get my job done than I, than I needed 30 years ago? Well, probably some, but not 200 times. And so it's difficult for everyone to focus with our devices and, you know, increasing demands on us. And we have to be more and more and more productive and we're less and less able to get away from our devices and et cetera. But if you are indeed having trouble uh, focusing, and this is not going to be a sexy answer here, so, so get ready. The first things I focus on for, for my clients and my broader audience is what's in your stomach? Are you, have you got protein in there? Or are you snacking on carbs and, and sugar to keep your you know, brain glucose going? You need protein and complex carbs. How's your sleep regimen? Are you getting enough sleep? One of the most common misdiagnoses of ADHD is sleep deprivation. Someone goes in and they're experiencing ADHD-like symptoms. They can get a diagnosis of ADHD and it turns out they're actually having sleep problems. Then another one is exercise. Are you getting out there and getting enough cardio? Because cardio actually is, is a huge ADD crusher, if you will. So I always kind of, when it comes to distraction and focus, I always kind of go to that unsexy topic right away. There are other things I could share a brain hack later on that, that helps you stay on a particular task that I think everyone will enjoy. But that's the single most important thing is for everyone, ADHD or not, look at what's in your stomach. Are you getting enough sleep? And are you getting some plenty of cardio during the week? Those things alone are going to really fire up your brain. Yeah, that just reminds me how health is really the ultimate productivity tool when you think about it. When you get that in order, everything else becomes a lot easier. So sleeping right, exercising on a regular basis, your nutrition, especially anything that's going on in the gut, that's always a uh, sensitive area, but also something to pay attention to. So when you work with people, what do you see people struggling with the most when they do find out that they have ADHD? Well, the, the top things, and I've done a, many surveys of my audience and Crusher TV members and also my clients, and the, the top things that come out are procrastination, prioritization, and time management. And it may not surprise you, Tan, that when you just survey entrepreneurs, irrespective of ADHD, you get those top three, not always in that order, but you get, still get those top three. So again, you know, whether you are or not ADHD, it's, I'm glad you're listening to this. But bring, bring me back to the initial question because I, I got a little off track there. Yeah. So when you work with people, what do you see people struggling with the most once they find out that, okay, I, I am diagnosed? Thanks. But, but back to the question of when I work with people, what do I see uh, the most, you know, again, the procrastination, prioritization, time management, but just drilling down a little bit more, I'll give you just kind of two examples of, of uh, clients of mine. One, a Harvard educated medical doctor who after seeing a patient has to write these very complex, detailed, and they must be accurate notes about the client engagement. This is every doctor has to do this after seeing a client, but it can be really difficult. It really requires your, all of your executive functions, prioritizing what to say first, planning, meaning, you know, what goes, what goes here, what goes there, accuracy, attention to detail, focus, being able to do this, you know, for an hour, you know, at a stretch without being pulled away by a million other things, including our own thoughts and other shiny objects, so to speak. But you know, she was having so much difficulty with these that she was working late, late into the night 
and this was not sitting well with with her husband. And you know, this is a classic, classic thing. It's just taking longer to do things. Things are are really difficult to do, especially difficult, tricky projects. Another example that comes to mind is uh, a client who is a TV producer, very successful TV producer. And interestingly, when it comes to, hey, we've got a story and it's two in the morning and you've got to get out there and cover this story, he kills it, absolutely kills it because it's got that urgency and it's like, you know, you're kind of forced to perform, et cetera. But he also has these ideas for side hustles little businesses that could generate some additional revenue for him and his family. And those, because they don't have the urgency and because they're complex and they require planning and focus and prioritization and, you know, they result in a lot of procrastination. Those things had not been getting off the ground. So there's, there's another example that I think might resonate with a lot of our listeners. Thanks to Lumen5 for supporting our podcast. Have you ever seen those thumb-stopping videos on social media and wished you could make one? Sometimes you're scrolling through social media and there's something that just grabs your attention. For me, just today, it was someone's travel video from El Nido in the Philippines. I was scrolling through photos and videos, but it was just that one that grabbed me. While our new sponsor, Lumen5, makes it so easy and fun to do. Lumen5 is a video maker that turns text into video marketing content in minutes. I've been playing around with it and it's really cool. I took one of our Productivity Champ blog posts and turned it into a great little video that we can show to our members. Here's some of the features of Lumen5 that I think are cool. First, there's videos made in minutes. Lumen5 uses AI and machine learning to make it easy to instantly create high-quality, custom videos to match the look and feel of your brand or company. You get text-to-video. You can transform an article, a blog post, or even a text message into a video. Just enter your text and Lumen5 AI will help you summarize your content and automatically match it with photos and videos. There's a media library. Lumen5's library has millions of free media files available to users, which will give you access to everything you need to produce attention-grabbing videos. So start creating your thumb-stopping, attention-grabbing videos today. Right now, Lumen5 has a special offer for our podcast listeners. Go to lumen5.com forward slash TPS and get 50% off your first month. That's 50% off your first month at L-U-M-E-N, the number five, dot com slash TPS. If you have a business, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are totally great. But some, like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, not so much fun. Well, now you can tame the chaos of payroll, benefits, and HR with Gusto. Gusto gives you payroll, benefits, HR, and management tools all in one place. Even better, it automatically files and pays all state, local, and federal payroll taxes. Speaking of taxes, it gives you fast, easy-to-run payroll, including W-2s and 1099s. With almost any budget, you'll get features like health benefits, 401ks, and more. Now, in a past work life, I did payroll and benefits for a large organization. It was great most of the time, but one thing that was not so great was all the hoops we had to jump through and all the different systems and places we needed to go to do everything. Well, Gusto lets you sign, store, and organize employee documents all online. Running your payroll with Gusto takes only 11 minutes on average. You can choose from hundreds of benefits plans to fit nearly any budget, and Gusto is named Best Online Payroll by PCMag. So for the Productivity Show listeners, get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com forward slash TPS. Try a demo and test it out yourself at gusto.com 
forward slash TPS. So when people know that they have ADHD or they have a very strong suspicion that they do have it, what are some of the strategies or tactics or things that you teach or help people with that really helps them focus and and get their work done? And I know you mentioned like sleeping well and health and and such, but are there any other specific tools or strategies that you recommend people follow? Sure. And they, they fall into, into two groups. Uh, thanks for reiterating the, the power of diet, exercise, and sleep. Absolutely key. And that is your foundation, really, as you mentioned. But another area is what I call brain scaffolding. So you know, the obvious answer here is using a planner, making sure that you use your calendar, your electronic calendar. So you're always getting reminders that you always have a sense of what today is going to be about and how much stuff there is on my plate, et cetera. Obviously, using lists. You know, I use a paper planner and then I have it backed up with a digital planner, my, my iCal and my, my laptop. So I am getting reminders of everything that I'm up to and my priorities and my schedule constantly from these elements of brain scaffolding, as I call them. And I call them brain scaffolding because my brain alone is so mushy and so full of confetti that left to my own devices, I just could not run my life effectively were it not for having this constant written record of, of what I need to do today or this week, et cetera. So that's just one example of brain scaffolding. And of course, a lot of the productivity apps that, that you talk about in your emails and, and on your show are forms of brain scaffolding that can help you be more productive. But the other area, which is really what, what I'm about in my teaching, is what I call brain hacks. And I, I'm fond of, of saying that the most powerful app in the universe is right here between our ears. It, it is indeed our brain. And so there are many things you can do to quiet your mind. I don't know if I, if, if I mentioned that my, the first audiobook someone gave me as a gift was Deepak Chopra's uh, Seven Laws of Spiritual Success, or Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, I forget the title, in which I learned just the, the concept that most of the stuff that's floating around in our brains is, is just BS. It's just ego-based noise. And if the moment we recognize that, we can actually have a shot at quieting it down. So that was the first brain hack that I started to put into play before I was diagnosed back in my uh, struggling executive days. And as a result of that, I was able to just, you know, recognize the crap that's flying around there, sort it out a little bit, quiet it down, be more conscious, just a, a simple form of meditation. I wasn't doing the ohm thing, but I was just listening to the noise. And I was able then to do uh, better brainstorming. I was able to stay focused a little bit longer. So that's one example of a brain hack. But there are also things that you can do to stop your rumination or your worry or your overthinking by just listening to the noise up here. And I'll go ahead and I'll actually share this, what is my favorite brain hack of all. And again, all we're doing is we're, we're just using what's between our ears and, and doing what I call flipping a little switch to change the way we view something or our awareness of something, right? So let's take the example of the classic situation where we're sitting down before a really tough project, right? It's a tough email to a client or it's writing up a really tricky proposal or it's working on that huge, important PowerPoint presentation, et cetera. And you sit down to work on it and what happens? You're, you know, you remember you got that thing that you were supposed to do. So maybe you go and you, you, you shoot an email somewhere or you get a text from your friend and then you decide, you know what, let me just real quick, I'm just going to respond to this. 
or you say, uh, well, but first let me go, let me go talk to so-and-so. I call that's called the butt first syndrome. Well, but first let me do this. But even again, when you're sitting there trying really hard to, to focus, again, because of our gadgets, because there's so many demands on us, you might have somebody knocking at your door and the boss is calling, et cetera, et cetera. It is difficult even for the non-ADDer to sit down and work for, say, a solid hour on this. So uh, I have a brain hack that I came up with years ago called Do What You're Doing Now. And the idea is when you've decided on that one thing that you're going to work on, what you need to do is forcefully declare that this thing is what I'm doing now. In fact, I even create a new to-do list on a blank sheet of paper. I just write to-do at the top of it. And then I write under that the one thing that I'm going to work on so that now I have a new to-do list with only one thing on it. And I literally, I put that down on a clean surface next to my desk. Other to-do lists, even my planners, my phone, they all go away. They're out of sight, out of mind. That allows me to sort of reinforce this idea that I really only have one to-do. And that is what I'm going to be doing now. Now, we know that despite our best intentions, something's going to pop up. I'm going to remember that thing that I got to do. Or somebody texts me and, you know, saying, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. We're going out tonight. When those little things happen, we put a label on those things. And you'll forgive me. I label them BS. That's not what I'm doing now. You put a label. Like in your mind, you label that. That's BS. And that's not what I'm doing now. This thing over here is what I've decided I'm doing now. So I'm going to come back to that. Now, there may be some things that are important. Say your, your boss comes knocking on the door and says, hey, can we talk about that so-and-so thing? Or, you know, you remember that you've got to renew your car insurance by Thursday or, or whatever that is. Well, those things are important, but if they're not super urgent, they're still not what you're doing now. And so what you do is you write a little sticky or otherwise make a note that says, hey, boss, can we talk in 30 minutes? Because I'm working on this thing for you. So can we talk in 30 minutes? Or Again, you put a sticky that says, don't forget to renew car insurance, and then you come back to that thing you're doing now. So what is this all about? What you're doing is you're putting kind of a psychological fence, a boundary around that one thing that you've decided to work on so that when these inevitable interruptions, shiny things, distractions, et cetera, do arise, and they will, you've got that fence there that at least gives you a shot of fending them off, pushing them aside, and then staying on that one task. And the last thing that I'll add to this is, I'm sure our listeners have heard of the Pomodoro technique where you set a timer for 25 minutes and then you work for that 25 and they take, take a rest for five. I'm always doing this. I will set a timer for one hour or sometimes just for 10 minutes, depending on the task, sometimes for 90 minutes if I'm writing a script for, for a video that I'm shooting. And then I just try to stay in that until that ding goes off. So again, do what you're doing now re-listen to this if it didn't all stick. I guarantee if you use this brain hack, ADHD or not, you will imp- your to-do list will start to get smaller. I love that. And some of the things that you were just talking about are things that I also recommend people do who don't have ADHD. So these are really powerful tools to use. And if you are somebody who deals with ADHD, I would take it even a step further, right? And, and implement all of these things. And the more tools you have available, the better your options, right? And the better you can find out what works best for you. Uh, because at the end of the day, everybody is slightly different. So use what works best for you. So for example, for me, even though I don't have ADHD, the Pomodoro technique is one of my favorite things in the world. This is the one I always use myself as well, especially for times when I feel like procrastinating. If I just 
set a timer for 25 minutes. I can usually force myself to do something for 25 minutes and I'm good to go. By the way, you make a great point about everybody being different. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll declare a difference that, that I have that I need to make sure I'm always aware of. And that is when it comes to certain productivity apps that a lot of people are, get excited about, et cetera, I know I got to be careful about those because I have trouble putting them into action. I have trouble understanding how to use them effectively, et cetera. So that's one of the reasons why I always kind of focus on, you know, that app between our ears. I'm just one of those people that, you know, I'm not tech savvy and I can never figure out how to make these, these apps work the way they should at work. So again, to, to your point, do what works for you. Do what feels organic for you and, and you'll have much more success. So I have somewhat of a sensitive question for you here because I know a lot of people who have ADHD and one of the ways they they deal with this is not with any of the stuff that you just mentioned. The way they deal with it is they use a nootropic or they use some sort of drug or supplement to activate their brain in a certain way or make them feel really focused, right? So a lot of people will, for example... Whether they like to admit it or not, they like to use Adderall so that they can focus and and do certain things. And I know with your story that you mentioned earlier, you were talking about how you were self-medicating and you you went down that path. And this is something you've shared with me personally as well. And so I'm curious to hear, what is your stance on using brain supplements or nootropics that a lot of people talk about, whether it's over-the-counter or not even over-the-counter? when it comes to dealing with ADHD? I'm glad you asked the question. And you know, the first thing that we have to stake out here is the fact that ADHD is a condition where there is a, a lower availability of certain neurochemicals in the brain. And for all those out there who say, well, ADHD is just a myth created by the media, which is actually something that a doctor told me when I first thought I had ADHD, a doctor in New York City told me, Alan, it's a myth created by the media. You need to do more crossword puzzles. That's what he literally said to me. So it actually delayed my diagnosis by about four or five years, which is really unfortunate. But there was some functional MRI done back in the late 90s that finally put put a close to this, this argument where you could see, literally see, the activity in the frontal cortex uh, in the brain of, an, of a neurotypical, a non-ADDer, and then that lack of neurochemical activity in the ADDR. And the main chemical is dopamine. There are other chemicals that are involved. So back to your question. I use Ritalin. I have been using it for 22 years now. And it definitely changed the trajectory of my career. In addition to the other stuff that I was doing, the brain hacks and my diet, exercise, and sleep, which I am even more into now than ever. And in fact, I use less and less medication every year. There's a saying that pills don't teach skills, but also I want to say that I would rather not have this stuff in my body, but I also know I've tried to go off it uh, at times. I have tried some herbal uh, solutions, et cetera, and nothing happens to have worked for me as well as the, uh, the Ritalin has. And so I'll also just cite some research that says that for 80% of those people who get properly diagnosed and treated with some appropriate medication for their ADHD, 80% of them will experience improvements in the quality of their life. So it doesn't work for everyone. And I am not authorized by any means to dispense medical advice to anyone. And I'll also say that I'm not a shill for the pharma industry. I'm not a fan 
But just based on my story, I think you know kind of where I stand. And just briefly, you, you did refer back to my self-medication issues. I was actually a pretty, pretty bad uh, drug addict in the, uh, in the 80s when I was in my 20s. And I was actually a drug dealer. I was, a, I, was, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So initially, my doctor did not want to prescribe Ritalin because it can be abused. But after trying a few different things, and those little cocktails didn't work out, he said, okay, we're going to try this. And for 22 years, again, I have been on the same prescription using less and less and less every year, thanks to brain hacks and brain scaffolding and that foundation of diet, exercise, and sleep. What are some of the things that you've tried that didn't work for you that eventually led you to the one you have today? You know, that's a great question. You know, I mentioned before that, you know, there are a lot of productivity apps that, you know, for the right sort of wired brain that can make those things go and, and help you get to another level. Those, so many productivity apps I tried and, and I was not able to make them work for me. I have tried some herbal remedies and again, they, they just didn't give me the same or if any palpable difference. Caffeine actually is a good, healthy stimulant. I don't do caffeine because again, because I'm using the, the Ritalin, I don't want any more stimulation in my bloodstream than is necessary. So I drink decaf coffee. I do find that decaf coffee works pretty good for me because it actually, the taste of coffee sort of sends a signal to my brain that says, hey, Alan, it's time to work. <laughs> your coffee's in your hand. So that's kind of a neat little psychological truth there. But I think also one other thing that, uh, and I know this isn't kind of on the medicinal topic, but one other thing that, that didn't work for me was, was complex planners and you know, systems that were just too complex for my brain. So the planner that I use is just incredibly simple. And I'll, I'll tell you what, who, who makes it. It's called the Mona Planner. And I'm, I'm not an affiliate. I don't get a, a percentage of this. But it's the most simple planner in the world. So if you're ADHD or you have tried complex planning systems in the past and they just kind of ended up collecting dust, just, just research it at monaplanner.com. And it's been a, a lifesaver for me for the last four or five years. Perfect. Well, add that to the show notes as well. So if, for those who are listening, they can immediately check it out. So Alan, after studying productivity and teaching productivity to others, have you noticed that any particular productivity method resonates better with people who have ADHD? For example, getting things done, is that maybe too complex or is there something else that you've seen that resonates more with you know, people who have ADHD or is it kind of like universally the same? That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that. You know, GTD is amazing. I have heard a lot of people, you know, both say, my God, this, this is amazing. It's changed my life. And others, just as many perhaps who say, you know what, you could really boil GTD down to one page. So just rip that one page out of the book and, and that'll probably work for you. You know, there's a little decision tree in, in GTD that's great. So I would say for the ADHD mind, again, I don't want to speak for, for everyone out there, but you know, just, just beware of systems that are really complex. And I would, I would say, look, consider going into your brain and understanding how your brain works. You know, one of the things that I, I say to, to uh, my clients early on, and, and I'm always reiterating this to my broader audience, you know, when is your mentally strongest time? What's your strongest time? You know? 
Is it is it mornings between eight and eleven, or is it in the afternoon three to five, or is it at eleven thirty p.m. or whenever that is? Make sure you're doing your toughest work there. So you know, just to kind of look at it from a few thousand feet higher, learn about how your brain works, and it's also why I, I I'm glad that I had just finished this book, Succeed, that I mentioned earlier because it's 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 got so much research in there that that tells you simple ways to change the way you think that can power you forward. And, it, and it's not complex. It's all boiled down very, very accessibly and, and simply. So again, go into your own brain, make that powerful app uh, work better for you. One interesting question I have for you is, you know, when you look at a coin, it has two sides, right? So what is the benefit or have you seen any positives after you've been diagnosed with ADHD, how has your life changed in that sense? Like what are sort of lifestyle changes that you made to yourself or what are any other positive changes you introduced since then? Like what has come out of, what has come out of all of that once you were diagnosed? Great question. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, when I was first diagnosed at the age of 36, I was like, thank God. I, now I understand now I know why I was pulling straight C's in high school and I never did any homework. And the only reason I got into a decent college is because I had a couple letters of recommendation from a couple of people who were big in the school. And this is it was not, an, not an excuse, but an explanation for why I was self-medicating in college. But, um, you know, there, there is definitely the, the two, there are the two sides of the coin. ADHD is both a curse and a gift. And when you don't have it figured out or you don't even know you have it, it's probably 90% curse. But over time, as you really work it and again, understand your own brain and, and put some brain scaffolding in place and attack this properly, especially again, if you get properly diagnosed and treated, if that's, if that's something that you're open to, you're going to find that that seesaw starts to turn. And I would say that now my ADHD is 90% gift or 85% gift and 15% curse. And, you know, the curse that remains is that, you know, things still just take me longer to do. There's just no two ways about it. And I, but I accept that. I also, you know, I, I need, I need help with, uh, you know, making sure that I am working on the right thing. So I, I get, I get coaching and I get consultants to help me make sure that I'm working on the right stuff. The curse, the, let me talk about the gifts though. The gifts are things like definitely creative thinking, I don't want to overstate this because I really I don't like some of there used to be these posters that would just have be these lists of the you know the the amazing things about ADHD you can do this you can do that you can do that you know just don't don't buy into that stuff but know that as an ADDer you typically will be more of a synaptic thinker rather than a linear thinker and that's what made me for instance like the top brainstormer at at one of the ad agencies I, I worked at when it was time to brainstorm a new product for a, a blue chip client we had clients like Nabisco and Kraft and Colgate Palmolive and when it was come time to brainstorm new products or names for products I said get that kid Alan Brown in here he can't do much but he can sure brainstorm so definitely I think being able to put ideas together and disparate pull disparate things together and brainstorm I think that's why people like Sir Richard Branson David Nealman, who's the founder of uh, JetBlue Airlines, he's a champion AD Deer. Uh, some of these people have been able to succeed in very, very big ways because they tapped into that creative gift that their particular uh, neural wiring permitted for them. So, Alan, if people have been diagnosed and they want to 
sort of go down that rabbit hole and go deeper, what are some of the things that you recommend that they start researching or doing? Well, first, and let me just back up a little bit. If you suspect that you're ADHD or, or maybe are pretty sure you're ADHD but haven't really pursued it any more seriously than that, there is a, a site, it's the ADA, which is the uh, Attention Deficit Disorder Association. It's the oldest and largest organization that, that helps uh, adults with ADHD. And there is an ADHD self-test, and I'll give you the link, and I'm sure you'll post it. It's add.org slash ADHD hyphen test. And if you were to go in and just take that test, see how you score. If you score pretty high, then call up your doctor and say, hey, let's talk and, and, and go and have that conversation. And don't also don't take no for an answer. If, uh, if, the doc, if you scored high on that test and the doctor says, well, I don't think so, go and see a specialist and make sure you get a, because you don't, you deserve to have a proper shot at getting diagnosed if that's what you want. If, on the other hand, you don't score well on that, but you still feel like, hey, man, Alan was talking about procrastination and prioritization and time management, all this. Well, I would take you back to what Tan and I have been talking about in terms of foundation. Take a look at your sleep. Take a look at your diet. Take a look at your, your exercise and you know, what's in your tummy right now. So I, th I think that's the, the, uh, the best path I can recommend for anybody who's thinking about it. If you are diagnosed with ADHD, again, plenty of resources at ADD.org. There are tons and tons of great books. If you're not a great reader, there are wonderful YouTube channels. I have a YouTube channel, the ADD Crusher YouTube channel, where it's got free uh, tips and strategies that come from my ADD Crusher videos. There is a, just a ton of good content out there that's available to you if you're willing to go out and find it. And, and, and importantly, if you're willing to put it into action. One of the things about us ADDers is, you know, we love to go out and research things, right? We'll go chase something on, on YouTube for a couple hours. And then we'll, we'll find something, but then it doesn't end up in our planner and doesn't end up getting done. So just make sure if you find something that resonates with you, find a way to get it in your planner, get it in your calendar, write a sticky note, write it in ink on your hand, whatever you need to do to give that thing a try. Thank you, Alan. That was so valuable. And I loved our talk today. That was packed with information and things that people can take action on. And it was actionable. I, I love it. And if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? And what can they expect from you? Well, I've got an online TV show. It's really a media library called Crusher TV at crushtv.com. But what I really want you to do, and again, this is whether you suspect your ADHD or not. I have a free ebook at addcrusher.com. It's called Five Things You're Doing Every Day That Make Your ADHD Worse. And trust me, you're doing them all. Trust me. And even if you're not ADHD, you're doing these also, maybe just less so, and maybe they're affecting you not quite as badly. But there are things that we're all doing every day that are making our productivity worse. Go to addcrusher.com, grab that free ebook. And by all means, if you ever have a question, want to talk to me about coaching, I'm absolutely open to it. You can reach me at abrown at addcrusher.com. Thank you all for being on the show today. And I look forward to hearing the response and feedback on this too. Thank you. Thank you. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get the important things done in the time that you have. That's why we built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time that you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, 
we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get things done. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 260. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a starring overcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.